Turn to uh, Luke chapter 10. We're going to look this morning at Mary and Martha. And uh, one, one thing to understand is we look at Mary and Martha that God doesn't condemn Martha. Uh, Martha was a worker. Mary's a worshiper. Um, God doesn't condemn Martha, but he points out that she's missing out. Martha's a busy person. She's taking care of things that need to be taken care of, but uh, she's missing out on something. And this morning, I wanna, I've, I've talked the theme of what I've been preaching is your relationship with Jesus Christ. I think ever since I've been here, that's been my emphasis. And uh, your relationship with Jesus Christ, and we'll see this morning as we look at Mary, that the time that she spent with Jesus, listening to his words, she spent sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words, it enabled her to see God's works, and it also enabled her to understand God's will. So those are the things you want to see in your life as a Christian, amen? Do you want to go through the rest of your life? Yes, I believe in Christ. He's my Savior, and one day I'll die and I'll go to heaven. But the rest of the, day, the, rest of the time, I'm just going to go along with what I know. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to serve God. But there's no real touching. There's no real fire on the altar in your life. But if you want fire on the altar in your life, if you want to see God work in your life, if you want to understand God's will when things are going wrong, like Brother David, he's down there praying in Australia, and he's like, Lord, I'm in pain. I can't do this. And God begins to open up doors to send him back. And he has no idea what's going to take place when he gets back, but he knows the one that's sending him. He understands God's will for his life. So let's take a look at it this morning, Luke chapter number 10, and then we're going to be going to, uh, we're going to, be going to the book of John chapter 11, and then we'll be in John chapter 12. But Luke chapter number 10, it says in uh, verse 38, Luke chapter 10, verse number 38, now it came to pass as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now let's pray. Amen. Now the thing about Mary, there was this one opportunity. Jesus was going all around the country, and Martha had invited Jesus into her house. So there was this one opportunity to spend time with Jesus. She wasn't like the disciples. You know, Mary and Martha weren't like the disciples. They weren't following him all over the place. They weren't getting the lessons on the side, such as when Jesus talked about the seed and the sower. And they said, Master, what meaneth this? And he began to explain to them what he wasn't explaining to everyone else. 
So the disciples got to spend the three and a half years walking around him. But there was this opportunity with Mary and Martha where Jesus was in the house and he's sitting down and Martha is in the kitchen and she's making sure that everything's done. And she's in there and you can imagine because you've seen it at Thanksgiving. Man, my wife's from Georgia and I know what it's like when the family gets together. Amen. And you got the women in the kitchen and you got the men out here. But everything's being prepared and they're concerned. Are the flowers in the right place? Have we got the food? Have you got the dressing? Have you got the drink covered? Have you got everything else? And man, the men line up and just shovel it. Amen. No, I'm not being insulting. I got a lot of dirty, just for anybody that's listening, I got a lot of dirty looks on that. It's very important what you do, amen. But Martha was very concerned that Jesus, he was an important guest and he was to be taken care of. And that's a good thing that her mind was on taking care of Jesus and taking care of things in the house. And I can hear the pots and the plant, the, the pans clattering in the kitchen and I can almost smell the smell coming from the kitchen and I can see, uh, go and get this and go and get that and the busyness going on. And there in the living room is Jesus sitting in the chair. He's seated and the disciples are gathered around him. And maybe there's some other people, maybe there's some kids down at the feet of Jesus, but there's Mary and she's sitting on the floor at the feet of Jesus. And as he talks, the only thing on her mind as all of this is going on, in this one opportunity she has to sit with Jesus is what is he saying right now? And the Bible doesn't tell us what he was saying. The Bible doesn't tell us that he taught any lessons, but Jesus never failed to teach a lesson no matter as long as there was an opportunity, he was teaching a lesson. And we can learn from that in our own witnessing. There's always an opportunity to turn it back around to Jesus But she's sitting there and she's listening. And we don't know what lessons she learned. But I'm going to show you today that she learned some lessons that carried her through. And as she's sitting there and Martha's going back and forth, and I have this vision in my mind because I remember Saturday mornings laying in bed, and this is weird. This is a weird way to tie it in. But you ever been sitting still when somebody's busy around you? I remember trying to sleep in on a Saturday morning and my mom walking by my door. And I'd throw the covers over my head. And you can see Martha going back and forth. She's, she's putting food out, and she's going back in to get more, and she's got people helping. She's handing food off to be handed out. And there in the living room is Jesus with Mary and the disciples, and he's teaching, and he's speaking to them. And after a little bit, Martha comes out of the kitchen, and she looks over there, and she sees Mary there, and she hands a plate off, and She's looking over in the kitchen, and there's so much to do. Everything's laid out. I mean, the kitchen's just why everything's taken out of there. And she looks over at her. And Mary, she might feel the look. I mean, she's lived with Martha. She might have felt that gaze. I know I'm being a little practical here, but I'm trying to put you in the moment a little bit. Because this was the one chance Mary had to listen. And this was the one chance Martha had to listen. And Martha was busy about, Jesus said he was, she was cumbered about with much serving. See, and she was busy. And she looks out there and she sees Mary and finally she can't stand it. And she walks in there 
in verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him. She goes into the living area and she says to Jesus, and she said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. This isn't right that she's just sitting out. Do you not care that she's supposed to be helping me, not sitting out here with you? And Jesus looks over at her. Because, you know, there's an there's a earthly view and there's a spiritual view. And Jesus can see what's coming down the road. Jesus knows about the crucifixion. Jesus knows about the day that you got saved. Jesus knows that when he dies on the cross, he, he can see into the future. He can see the day that God broke your heart. And he said, Lord, please save me. And he can see all of that taking place. And he looks around and he looks at the meal and it's like, I ate yesterday. I can't remember what it was. I ate the day before. I can't remember what it was. But I know what's going to happen. I know who's going to be saved. I know what has to happen. I know what we have to go through. He knows the events that are going to take place. He knows about the Pharisees that are, that are beginning to, to rise up against him. They're plotting to kill him. He knows about the conversations that he's going to have. He knows about the beatings that he's going to take. And he looks over in verse 41, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. And I can tell you, we talked about this morning in Sunday school, but, you know, pastoring the church and working and all that, you don't want to feel sorry for yourself, but, you know, you feel like you're busy or you feel like when you're doing something else, you feel like you should be doing this other thing, and you're just never doing enough, it seems like. And you're in the kitchen and the pots and the plans... They're clattering. There's a lot going on there. Man, the fires are stove up on the stove, and you've got things going during, throughout your week. You get up in the morning, and you say, man, i got to get busy. But he said, one thing is needful. And let me tell you, in your Christian life, there's one thing that's needful, and that's for you to sit at the feet of Jesus. If you're going on in your Christian walk and you say, well, it just seemed like I'm getting further away from the Lord. Or it just seemed like my faith in the Lord didn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't feel real. I've got anxiety. I don't have the peace that passeth all understanding. Brother David Drake, he's down there and his whole world is torn up right now. You know, by the time we get this letter, but it was an email. His whole world is torn up right now and he's looking at going back to it. What am I going to do? I've been out here on the mission field, and I'm going back home. He has no idea what's going to happen. But, you know, I have a feeling we're going to read an email, or we're going to get a letter from him, and he's going to tell us about how the Lord put him into some ministry or the other, or the Lord put him someplace where he could be used where it wouldn't hurt his back. Because he spent time at the feet of Jesus. And the Lord defends Mary for that time. John Phillips in his commentary, <laughs> he wrote, sometimes a sandwich will do. <laughs> sometimes maybe you just need to make some sandwiches if it means a choice between spending time with the Lord 
or getting this other thing done. I'm not advocating that you get lazy. I'm not advocating that all you do is just sit there and say, well, I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know, that's what the monasteries did, right, with the monks. They secluded themselves, and they said, we're just going to sit at the feet of Jesus. We're going to get away from the world. We're going to get over here, and we're just going to spend all of our time with God. God can't use you that way. Matter of fact, some of those, some of those monasteries, what went on in them, would make Las Vegas look like a church town. Amen? Y'all say prove it, right? <laughs> you read for yourself in history. You won't find too much. But... uh Mary had chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. So there's the hearing of God's word. She was there to hear what Jesus had to say. Turn over to the book of John. John. I love the book of John. When you look at Peter and John, Peter was a doer. He got things done. done. John was a dreamer. He saw how things worked. You know? In, John, in, in Matthew, you read all about the... the uh, and we need them all. Matthew, Matthew writes the genealogy, and he writes things from the, the Jewish perspective. John comes in, and he writes things from the heavenly perspective. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Without Him was not anything made that was made. He starts out, and he starts out with God, showing Jesus in the beginning, and he points out the spiritual aspects throughout. So when we look here in John chapter number 12, John chapter number 12, or John chapter number 11, excuse me, And we find Mary and Martha again in John chapter number 11. And it says in verse number one, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And pay attention to verse number two because we'll, you'll want to know this for later. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. And therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And he's talking to the disciples, and they're trying to figure out well, what's going on. And verse 6, And when he had heard... Therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. And then after that, he saith to his disciples, let us go into, into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the days? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light. And that's another sermon. But he tells them, he says in verse number 11, These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. 
And then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He was trying to show them even now. And we know Lazarus is the one that Jesus raised from the dead. But this is a scene that takes place. They send word to Jesus on the hopes that he would come to save their brother from dying. Now, at this point in time, they have no idea what's about to happen. We look back and we say, yeah, Jesus, they, Jesus is going to raise him from the dead. Lazarus is going to come out of the tomb. And we know that. But at that time, and, and I can tell you in your own life, you look back and you can say, yeah, look what God did in this circumstance. Look what he did. Look what took place. Look how God worked it out. But when you're going through it, you say, I don't I don't know how this is going to work out. They sent word to Jesus, and as they waited the first day, they looked at their brother Lazarus, and he got a little worse. And they prayed to God, Lord, please don't let him get held up, Lord. We know that he'll come. Let Jesus come. He's healed the sick. He's opened the eyes of the blind, Lord. We know that he'll come. And then the second day, they, they go to their brother's bed. I doubt they left it all night, but they look at their brother and they just see him steadily getting worse and getting worse and getting worse. And finally, his eyes close from the last time. That breath escapes from his lips and he passes on out of this world. And they say, well, it must have been God's will. And then after that, they see Jesus coming. They find out that Jesus is nearby. And Martha, she's not one to sit around. She gets up and she runs out to him. Verse 17, and when Jesus came, he found that he had lain him, that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Mary and Martha to comfort them concerning their brother. And then verse 20, then Martha, as soon as she heard about Jesus, heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Martha wasn't going to wait on Jesus. She was going to go talk to him. And then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. If you would have just been here, Lord, we sent you word. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. I know that he wouldn't. I know that you can heal the sick. I know. I know. Verse 22, but I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Now, Pay attention to this because in your Christian walk, that time that you spend at the feet of Jesus, that time you spend with the Lord changes the way that you react to things. It opens your eyes to things. I think I will say it. I wasn't going to. I had a conversation with a friend of mine this week. Maybe it was last week. I don't know. The weeks are blending together. A friend of mine called me up, and he'd been reading a passage, and he said, you know, I see this. And it was about Jesus being three, as Jonas was in the, did I tell you all this? 
as Jonas was in the belly of the well. There shall be no sign given but the sign of Jonah. As Jonas was in the belly of the well for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. He had read that, and he said, the heart of the earth. That's like the core. That's fire. He said he was praying about it. He said, Lord, what does that mean? What does that mean? I hope I'm not giving away too much information. Y'all be careful what you tell me. <laughs> but he called me up. He said he was down there praying, and the Lord said, call Keith. I have no idea why. But he called me up, and he said, I'm seeing this. And I started taking him through. I showed him over in Hebrews. I told him about the tabernacle. I told him about the veil. I took him back, and I showed him about Jesus preaching to the spirits in prison over in 1 Peter. I think it's 3.19. I took him back and I showed him about uh, how the Son of Man, what is it but that, but that he descended first. And I talked to him about uh, what happened when Jesus died, how the earth trembled and how the spirits walked on the earth. It's, the sky went dark and all the things that happened. And then he began to see. And I said, you know, I showed him how the blood of bulls and goats wasn't enough. And y'all are saying, man, we want to hear this. But I showed him all of this, and I'll leave the conclusion to you. And then I began to explain it to him. And he just, man, he got excited. You know, God begins to open up his word to you. You begin to see things, and you begin to see this Bible not as a collection of 66 books written by 40 different authors, but you begin to see the one author behind it all. And you begin to see that thread all throughout the Bible. There's a scarlet thread that goes all throughout that Bible, and it ties in to Jesus Christ. But he saw that, and he went from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. Now Jesus is talking to Martha, and he said unto her, Martha saith, I know, Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha has a head knowledge. She says, I know. I know that he'll rise again at the resurrection at the last day because that's what she comforted herself with. David, when his son passed away, when his child passed away, he said, I can't go to him. He can't come to me, but I'll go to him again one day. There's a comfort in knowing when our loved ones pass, we'll be able to see them again in heaven if they know the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. There's a spiritual lesson for us, but he's also trying to tell her, I am the resurrection and the life. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And then she says, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. He said, Whosoever believeth in me, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she said, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ. She has a head knowledge about what he's saying. And, and y'all can think on that a little bit. But let me take you over to Mary. Because Martha gets done talking to Jesus, and then she goes back and she tells Mary. Some people like to be in the know, I heard a preacher say. You know, some, some people like to, you know, I've already talked to Jesus, and uh, he wants to see you now. But I've already talked to him. I can't get that out of my head once the preacher did that to me in a sermon. But, uh, and when she had said so, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The master is come and calleth for thee. 
As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily, went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Verse 32, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, as she had a different reaction. Martha went out to have words with Jesus. And you know, Christian, in your life, if you're busy and you're cumbered about and you're serving Jesus, your prayers are going to be up here. You can talk to Jesus while you're working. Amen. You can say the quick prayer while you're working. You can say, Lord, I don't have time to stop, but I'm going to talk to you. And I've done it. I'm guilty. And I said, and you should have that relationship. You should be able to talk to the Lord. But when Martha went with to him, she went to have words. And when Mary went, she had sat at his feet and listened to him. But now she fell at his feet and worshiped him. She didn't accuse him of what not being there for her brother. She said, now listen, and you're reading ahead and you're saying, okay. She fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. There was no accusation in that. It was tears and there was sadness. Lord, I, I don't know what was going on. I don't know what was keeping you. And I know I'm adding to it, but I'm trying to give you some context here. Because she falls down at his feet and she said, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I think sometimes when things happen to us, when your heart's after God, when you know that God's will takes precedence, you know, there's two reactions when things happen to people. There's people that blame God. Well, I just don't think a loving God, that's one of my favorite verses. I just don't think a loving God would allow all of these things to go on. I just don't think a loving God would allow murder. I just don't think a loving God would allow those kids to be killed in that school. I just don't think a loving God would allow all of this evil. Those same people will back abortion and all of that. <laughs> I'm sorry, it slips out. Those same people will deny God. Those same people will go on about their day and have nothing to do with God. Those same people will say, well, I, I, I don't need to go to church. I don't need God in my life. But when something happens, they're there to blame him. But when you've sat at the feet of Jesus, when you've been in God's word, and when you see how God deals with his people throughout time, when you read through the book of 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, and you see God's patience, and you see God delivering them, you read through the book of Judges when everybody was doing that which was right in their own minds. But God would send a deliverer when they called out to him time and time again. <coughs> You know that God has a plan in your life, and you might not know what it is. When you see suffering in your life or you suffer some pain in your life, you're not blaming God. You say, Lord, I know that if you'd have wanted it, it wouldn't have happened. And I don't know why you allowed that to happen in my life, Lord, but I understand your will be done. Just... Because you've read the words of Jesus as he was facing the beating, as he was facing the cross, as he was facing the crown of thorns. 
who for the joy that was set before him, despising the shame, he went to the cross. You see God's plan in it. Mary comes out to him and she says, Lord, I know if thou had been here, he wouldn't have died. And look what happens here. Because Jesus had a conversation with Martha. But I want you to see what happens here. Saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Mary's devotion to him, because she'd known what he had talked about. She knew that he was the resurrection of life. He didn't have to tell her. But she was just laying her heart out to him. And she was communing with Jesus Christ right there. And when he saw that, when he saw the weeping, when he saw the people that were hurt, we get that famous line. And, and he said, verse 34, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And then verse 35, Jesus wept. There's so much wrapped up in those two words. That pain that you go through, oh, I just believe a loving God. You read those words, Jesus wept. He knows what you're going through. Hebrews says we, we don't have a high priest that doesn't feel our pain. We have one that lived here and went through it with us. Jesus had lost his friend and Mary had lost her brother and those Jews that were surrounding them had lost their friend and Jesus understood it. Martha had a conversation with Jesus and she said, I know, Lord, I know that he's going to raise again at the last day. Mary just went to him and wept and turned her heart over to him. And Jesus saw that and Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how ye love them. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? I just believe a loving God. Verse 38, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, coming to the grave, it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. And then look what Martha does. Because Martha was too busy to understand what Jesus was trying to tell her. He said, I am the resurrection. He tells her to roll away the stone. And, and, and Martha, it's been four days. And Martha said, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh for it. He had been dead four days. I think Mary was just standing there, tears in her eyes. And, and she said, Martha, just open it. Just do what he says. She's waiting to see God work. And if you're too busy, if you're caught up and you're cumbered about with much serving, it's good. We talked about it this morning. You've got to have some discipline in your life. On Sunday night, you got on Saturday night, you gotta tell yourself, I'm gonna be there Sunday morning. You gotta have your tie laid out <laughs> and your shoes. Because I forgot my tie. You got to have it all laid out. You say, I'm going to be there. You don't wake up. You say, well, I'll wake up in the morning and see how I feel and go. You're not going to go. 
You have to be intentional about opening up that Bible and reading. You have to be intentional about, I am going to pray and ask God to take care of this because it doesn't always come to you. It might have come to you in high school when you were sitting there about to fail a test, or it might have come to you when you're at your job and you're about to lose it or something. But what about those other times that you just, everything's going hunky-dory, I'm all right, I need to head out. But when you take that time, you know, the discipline's good. But what's the discipline toward? Getting everything fixed in the kitchen or your time with the Lord? Mary had used that time and she's sitting there saying, Martha, just just open it. Just listen to him. I'm not exactly sure what he's going to do, Martha, but just, just listen to him. Martha... Lord, by this time, he's stinking. For he's been dead for days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? And Jesus is having to remind her of what he's already showed her. Because she was cumbered about, she missed what he was trying to show her. So many times in my life, I've missed what God was trying to show me. But we know what happened. We know that Lazarus came out of the tomb. And we're going to skip ahead a little bit because Jesus is having dinner again at the house of Mary and Martha. And their brother Lazarus is sitting with them this time. And they're talking with Jesus. Chapter number 12. And then Jesus, six days before, and incidentally for a freebie, It has nothing to do with the sermon. But you might want to highlight verse 53 of chapter 11. Because once Jesus raised a man from the dead, it was game on as far as trying to get something up against him. Verse 53, then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. And things began to turn from there. Look at chapter number 12. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper. And what does it say? Martha served. She was back in the kitchen. She was back in her hometown. And she was going to make ready for the Lord. And she was going to have it prepared. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. And then verse number three, one of the greatest examples of worship we have in our Bible. For a remembrance, we have her name. It says, then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. So much to be said about that. It wasn't cheap. It cost her dearly. With her own hair, she wiped it onto the feet of Jesus. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, another one who got to spend time with Jesus but didn't learn anything. Simon's son, which should betray him. Verse number five, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Verse number seven. And then Jesus said, and then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying. 
has she kept this. For the poor always you have with me, but me you have not always. So, one thing I forgot to point out, when you get comforted about with much service, <laughs> it can turn to bitterness. Your busyness can turn to bitterness. I just want to throw that in there because I forgot it. But here we see Mary at the feet of Jesus and she's worshiping him. And you wonder why. Why is, he, why is she breaking the ointment when washing his feet was enough? But Mary, because she'd spent time at the feet of Jesus, because she worshiped Jesus, she got to see the Lord work and she understood what he was doing. In your own Christian walk, you go day by day and you say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I have no idea what's going on here. But when you're in God's word, you also become aware of God's will. See, Jesus had been trying to tell his disciples all along what was going to be happening. Over in Mark 8, 31, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He was trying to tell them all of that. And you know, there was somebody else that was busy. He was an active man, and that's Peter. Peter was willing to do whatever it took was necessary. Peter was the one that stepped out of the boat and got to walk on the water with Jesus. Peter was the one that, that he... He was ready to stand in between Jesus and whoever was trying to kill him. And all Peter could see was, I'm not going to let you die, Lord. Not while, you're, not while I'm around. That's not going to happen. In verse 32, and he spake, and, and he that spake openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when the Lord turn, had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Even his own disciples didn't fully understand what was about to happen. But Mary, who had sat at the feet of Jesus, who had seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, and I bet she learned from her sister Martha, too, when she came back. You know what he said? He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And Mary said, oh, yeah. I think God revealed his will to her. He said, leave her alone. For against the day of my bearing. Jesus said, let her alone against the day of my bearing as she kept this. And as she understood what was going to happen, and she saved back money and saved back money and saved back money, and she got a hold of it. And she said, this is for the Lord. Why do you have, what are you going to do with all that perfume, Mary? What in the world? You know, we could pay rent for six months with that thing. You know that we could take care of this bill and I'm setting this aside. And then the day came and she broke open that costly spikener and she broke it across his feet and she brushed his feet with her hair, crying tears and washing his feet with her own tears because she knew what God was going to do. You know, every Christian says, I want to know the will of God in my life. What is the will of God in your life? You can sell a thousand books and they have on it, you know, how to know the will of God in your life. And the way you know the will of God in your life is through one simple thing. One simple thing is made up of 
doing a simple thing every day. And that's spending time sitting at the feet of Jesus. If you'll stand.